Hello, hello. You are listening to a brand new episode of Tide Pod. And today, y'all are in for an absolute treat. Let me tell you, we are talking finances and not just finances, finances with a twist. Wait on it. You're going to hear about it in just a moment. But we are joined by the lovely, lovely Stevie Jones, who is a virtual CFO for the female business community. Now, she worked in corporate for several years before branching out into the world of entrepreneurship and starting her own business, Balanced by Stevie. She provides accounting services and educational resources to female business owners to really help them unlock their limitless power that comes with having a super firm grasp on business finances. Y'all, we cannot state enough how critical it is to have a grasp on your uh, business finances. So look, I am so, so excited, Stevie, to dive on in, start this conversation. I know we are going to talk specifically about finances as it relates to building teams as entrepreneurs. And this is a question that we get so often. So we are just so lucky to have you here. Hello, my friend, it's Tiana Tai, team dynamics consultant and trained industrial organizational psychologist, helping you to become a better leader than your last boss. And right now you are tuning in to the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs building and leading teams, hiring, onboarding, management, or maybe you just want some general advice about building your business. Well, let me assure you, you are in the right place. So go ahead, crack open a fresh notebook because you are listening to TIPOD. I've got to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. TIPOD would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, Hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. Before I continue just to like wax poetic about your greatness, please take the mic from me. Introduce yourself. Let everybody know a little bit about your journey and how you got to be here with us today. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. I am so honored to be a part of your podcast. I've been listening. I think that The information you deliver is just so on point and you're filling a gap of knowledge that's missing out there and I love it. That's what I am also trying to do here. So a little bit about my background. I grew up in small town, Alabama, very small town. Now I live in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, Funny enough, growing up, I actually wanted to be an actress, (laughs) which is totally kind of against my personality. So I don't know what I was thinking there. Um, But ended up going to the University of Alabama, majored in accounting, then went to work for a public accounting firm after that, preparing tax returns for corporations. That was very, very, very time consuming. If you know any CPAs who are working in public accounting, 
right now actually go check on them because it's tax season and they're struggling. Um, But I needed more of a work-life balance. And so I moved into the corporate arena where I went to work for a multi-million dollar corporation here in Birmingham, um, focusing on financial analytics, accounting, and this is going to sound a bit crazy, but actually accounting for foreign transactions because we took the company into Mm -hmm. international waters and It was all very, very, very interesting. So got a lot of really great experience there and learned how things are done from an accounting and financial perspective in a large corporation. And now my goal is to kind of implement those things for the smaller businesses and just let them know, hey, this is what you need. This is a great process to have in place. Amazing. Well, let me just say like, we're honored to have you here, right? I I personally, look, I know that a lot of us quote unquote ran from corporate and whatnot, but the level of expertise perspective and really just like tried and true industry, you know, industry best practices. I love speaking with people who have a very robust background in some sort of other industry because you're really able to bring that into the entrepreneur space, right? So I'm curious for you, like, and I know we're going to talk about it specifically with the team members, but is this a question that you get asked all the time? Like, is this something that you feel like a lot of entrepreneurs are just like, I don't get it? In terms of like business finances and how to manage them. And in terms of thinking about all the different options as it relates to building our teams, right? Like for me personally, I get questions about uh, not entrepreneur, employee versus contractor versus freelancer and all the tax information. Like people are asking that all the time. And I'm curious if you've had that same experience. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So many of my clients are reaching that point in their business where they're really starting to grow and the business processes they've put in place are working and that profit is coming in and they're needing help. And they come to me for financial advice, which I'm so happy they do. Um, But their question is, you know, should I hire an employee or should I hire an independent contractor? And I think that knowing the difference is so crucial when you're running a business and also knowing the different responsibilities that come with each of those decisions. So for example, if you hire an independent contractor, they are going to submit to you some sort of invoice to be paid. You're paying them um, based on an agreement or an hourly rate. You're not running their pay through any kind of payroll system which means no taxes are being withheld for their income throughout the year. And then um, on the opposite side of things, when you do put an employee on your payroll, you are responsible for withholding taxes from their paycheck that they're getting from you. You are also responsible for, as the employer, covering their a half of their payroll taxes which is something that we can get a little more deeper into, but essentially it's an added cost to you as a business owner. Mm, Okay. Yes. I definitely want to get like super nitty gritty into it because look, the people who hang out on Pod OGs, they know we do have an episode on like independent contractor versus employee versus full-time, part-time, all the nuances, but that is from a very, it's not from a deeply financial perspective at all. It's from a job classification, technically speaking, this is what these things mean perspective. You know what I mean? So to get nitty gritty, I feel like is going to make 
y'all go crazy. Just go ahead and get your notebook out, get a fresh one because we're about to go in. So let's start with the contractors. And I know you've already given a good amount of color commentary. Is there any other nuances, things to think about that you'd like to add to that piece? So here's what I'd like to say. And I think our minds are all still reeling, at least mine is, from the recent 1099 deadline that just passed. And if any of you are confused about the terminology that's being thrown around about a W-9 or a 1099, I'm just going to break it down for you really quickly. So when you hire a contractor, you are required to request a W-9 from them, a form W-9 from them. And what that just does is it's a form that they fill out and give to you as the employer. And it tells you the name of their business, their tax ID number, and what their tax status is. And you need all of that information to be able to fulfill your responsibilities as someone who is paying an independent contractor when it's time to file 1099s. And why they decided to call W-9s and 1099s such a similar term, I don't know. It confuses everyone. I even get caught up. I'm like, wait, 1099 or W-9, what did I say? So (laughs) yes, if you're confused by that, we all are, even us accountants. And so here's the rule of thumb. And when I worked for a corporation, we actually had this as an internal control Before you pay an independent contractor, go ahead and request that W-9 right off the bat. So if you find a virtual assistant or someone to help you with your social media and they're they're going to be an independent contractor for you, go ahead on the front end of the engagement when you're signing the proposal or when you're agreeing that you're going to work together, go ahead and just say, hey, I would love to go ahead and get a copy of your W-9 just to have on file. That way, at the end of the year, when there's this deadline that you have to file a 1099 for that contractor, which just means it's something, it's a form, a tax form that you fill out, that you have to send one copy to the IRS and one copy to the contractor themselves, you have all of the information there that you need to be able to do that. Because what I find is we're approaching a 1099 deadline We look at our books, we can see we paid in contract labor, you know, $10,000. I need support to see, okay, if I paid contractor A over $600, I have to send them a 1099 if, unless they are a corporation, which is the caveat. So on that W-9 form that they send to you, if they indicate that they are an S corporation, you're not required to send them a 1099. Also, one more very confusing thing. If you pay them from a credit card, you are also not required to send them a 1099. So it's really just, any, yeah, I know. It's <gasps> I'm like, okay, how are we supposed to keep keep track of all these rules? This is crazy. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I would say rule of thumb, go ahead and request a W-9 from any contractor that you bring on board. That's going to save you time, headaches, you know, money, honestly, in the long run. And you know what? I'm going to do a shameless plug right here, right now. So I was just working with this client. And everybody knows like the the more in-depth one-on-one client work that I do, we often are mapping out full hiring, onboarding, and training processes, right? And one of the most beautiful things to see come to life in her onboarding process is like step one, new hire paperwork. Everything from she wants to know what the Enneagram is, what their language of appreciation is, the signing the actual employment agreements, the W-9 like you mentioned, all of those things, right? We were able to talk through 
what does every single person who enters this organization need to do off the bat? And now it's planned and it's prepackaged. And every time she hires someone now, she literally just duplicates, you know, the same, like we have it in a ClickUp. So she literally will duplicate the same ClickUp board, put in the fresh copies of everything. Let's onboard the next person. Easy, y'all. But make sure, like Stevie said, make sure W9 is a part of that initial process because it's going to save you a headache later on. I've heard the drama, <clears throat> excuse me, I've heard the drama around everybody scrambling too. So that's interesting. Well, this year, you know, I was so, I was doing 1099s for all of my clients. And then mm-hmm. literally the last minute, I was like, oh no, I'm a business owner. <laughs> I was like, I have to file 1099s too. And I had not been following my own rules. And so, of course, I had to send some very embarrassing emails from an accountant saying, I'm sorry, can I please get your W-9 last minute? You know, but I I truly was so focused on getting stuff done for my clients that I completely forgot that I was on the hook for it too. Um, But yeah, I mean, honestly, this this can slip your mind. So the more prepared you are, the better. Beautiful. Okay. Anything you want to add around contractors before we shift to employees? I think that's about it. I think you may have covered this in your other episode. Just know that a contractor, they're going to set essentially their own schedule and you are not really managing that contractor, so to speak. They get to choose how they run the project. Um, And that can be, you know, there are, when I talk about having an employee on payroll, versus having a contractor, even though it's a little more expensive, like we'll talk about when we get into payroll, there are also some benefits to having someone on payroll, which means you can manage their time, you can manage their process. That's true. And I will go ahead and put it out there, particularly in the online space, we tend to treat contractors like they are employees. Obviously, there's a whole movement of contractors learning to advocate for themselves and learning to set those boundaries. But y'all, there is a difference from a financial perspective, from a management perspective, from all of the perspectives. So definitely heed Stevie's advice on that. Okay, ma'am, let's move in to the employees because I know this is this is the big one. Like everybody's always just like, what's the difference? Please explain it to me. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I'm going to try to break it down for you guys and please don't, don't zone out on me here. I know this (laughs) stuff can be a little bit mind numbing, but this is so important for you guys to know and understand. So when you add someone to your payroll, let's just talk about all the costs that come along with that. Okay. First of all, you're going to need a payroll system, which is something that is going to process their paycheck for them and withhold taxes from their paycheck. So when you have someone on payroll, they are an employee, the government says, we want to go ahead and start getting our money ahead of time before they file their taxes, um, their income tax return. So basically, you have to withhold those income taxes from their paychecks and remit them to the government, or that's just a fancy way of saying send them into the government um, on a quarterly basis as you go throughout the year. So you are withholding seven and a half percent. I think it's seven and a half. It may be 7.25. I need to double check my notes there. Um, Of their gross payroll that you're paying to them, you have to withhold from them and send that in to the governments at on a quarterly basis. In addition to that, as the employer, you are required to cover an additional, I think it's 7.25 percent. So it's in total about 15 percent. And the government says, hey, employer, you owe 
half of that, the other half of it, you have to withhold from your employee's paycheck. So then on a quarterly basis, you take all the amounts that you've withheld from that employee's paycheck, you then add in your contribution as well that's required from the employer standpoint, and then you send it in through a payroll tax return to your uh, state government and to your federal government. And so that is what is called payroll taxes. So that's really the extra cost there that's associated with putting someone on payroll in addition to the cost of having a payroll system, which can be around $50 per month. Okay. Now let me, let's get clear real here. Get clear real quick. Uh, As somebody who only has contractors and a couple of interns on my team right now, uh, that sounded really scary, right? And I feel like when other people heard that, they're going to be like, uh, Stevie, that sounded really freaking scary. So one, I heard you mention there's a system. So there are payroll systems and I've heard of them like ADP is one, right? And some other things like that. Uh, so there are payroll systems that help automate some of this, some of these things, correct? Okay. And there's people like Stevie, CFOs, who also step in and run these numbers and do all this jazz for us, correct? Yes. So I know that when you hear the term payroll tax return, you're probably thinking, well, I don't even know. I don't know how to do any kind of tax return. Right. I now have to do another tax return. No. So your payroll system that you put in place, like you said, ADP is an option. Um, QuickBooks has a pretty good payroll system. Uh, Gusto. I've seen people use Gusto. Yeah. They will automate all of it for you. So you go in and you set up that employee initially. So they'll fill out a form and submit it to you, which will let you know how much you should be withholding from their paycheck. And all of that is really based on their tax return filing status. But you enter all that information into a payroll system and it automatically, number one, pays them, but number two, withholds the amount that it needs to withhold. Number three, will deduct your portion as the employer of payroll taxes from your bank account. And number four, file all the payroll taxes for you. So it literally does everything. And it sends them their W-2 at the end of the year. And so it's honestly like these payroll systems, they do so much well worth that $50 fee. And sometimes it's less than that, but around that $50 fee per month. Okay. Yeah. That sounds way more manageable. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was just sitting here thinking, I was like, if I had a heart palpitation listening to her explain that, I know someone else did too. <laughs> They'll handle it all for you. And and I do want to mention one other cost that I think gets overlooked sometimes, and that is workers' compensation. Talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of states require that when you hire an employee, you have to have a workers' compensation insurance policy. And the cost of this can range based on whichever state that you're in. And I've got a really cool little resource that uh, Tiana and I kind of worked together on to, to put this together and say, hey, if you want to do an analysis and say, can I afford to hire someone and put them on my payroll? It lists out these things you need to consider, you know, the cost of their pay, the cost of payroll taxes, the cost of workers' comp, the cost of a payroll system. It starts with knowing all of those costs that come along with putting someone on your payroll. Then you also think about the benefit that you get from putting them on your payroll, right? So if you can bill out at, if you can bill your services out at $85 per hour, And you can put someone on your payroll for $30 per hour and they can take over some of the tasks that you're already doing. Well, it totally makes sense 
if you can go out and then bill out at 85 an hour and pay someone 25 an hour. Does that, you see what I'm saying there? Like Absolutely. there's definitely a benefit to hiring so that you consider as well. Mm. And I will say, even just like from the hiring perspective, nine times out of 10, what we do see, and this is no shade to the contractors. I got contractors on my team, y'all. Love y'all to death. Um, but what we do see is typically hiring an employee, specifically, you know, part time, at least 20 hours a week, up to full time, 40 hours a week. Um, it is cheaper when it comes to hourly or salary rates versus hiring a contractor. Um, who is going to be a bona fide expert in what they do. And so could your employee. The main difference is obviously the contractor owns their own business. They probably have multiple clients. You are a very big priority in their life. You're just not the only one, right? Whereas the employee, particularly if they're going to be full time for you, you and your business are their priority. So there's just different nuances to think about. But I love Stevie. And I know we've talked about this offline. Y'all, go to the show notes and get this resource like immediately. I have been, Stevie and I have had like coffee chats and all the things because just in my experience working with y'all and answering all of y'all's questions, there's not really a, a really good resource out there right now to help small business owners, particularly in the online space, think about these nuances and actually calculate for ourselves am I in a position to be able to do this, right? So this is one of those freebies that like, honestly, one day, Stevie, I'm gonna slide into your DMs and be like, okay, take it away. We're charging for this now, like start charging for it. But right now it's free. So y'all need to jump on it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I think I get the question all the time too, can I afford to hire an employee? And there's not an out of the box answer for that because, mm-hmm. and this is a gross terms, let me, let me warn you guys, there's a little bit of financial analysis that you have to do to make that determination. And this financial analysis is what I'm calling it. But honestly, it's just looking at your numbers. And so this resource that I put together, it's going to walk you through exactly how to do that. Literally, it's going to, you know, pull up a Google sheet or an Excel file, whichever one you prefer. And I'm going to walk you through exactly what to consider and exactly how to answer the question can I afford to hire an employee? It's really great. I was so glad that we talked about it and we were able to create this resource because I'm going to be able to use it for my clients now. I'm going to be able to use it, you know, Mm -hmm. anytime someone has this question, I think it's, I agree with you. I think it's a really great resource. Oh, it's going to change lives. I'm so excited (laughs) about it. I have to take a moment to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Primally Pure. Y'all, I'm not going to get too deep into this, but I've tried a lot of natural deodorants and my husband disapproves of 99.9% of them, but not my new Primally Pure Charcoal Deodorant. I have been so excited to share this with you because I have been testing it myself for three full months before I decided that it was worth sharing. This is absolutely my hands down favorite natural deodorant and I've tried at least five or six brands by now. And even better, it can be your new favorite too. You can get your next order for 10% off by using the code TIANA10. That's right, T-I-A-N-N-A-1-0, and you're on your way to your new favorite deodorant. And hopefully your significant other will approve of this one. Okay, so I know we've covered like the main things that we were really dying to make sure everybody heard about today, but I'm curious, what have we not touched on that you're itching and you're just like, Tiana, wait, we got to talk about this one little thing. 
So I think anytime I get an opportunity to say something like this, I just want to talk about taxes in general. Okay. Because it's like, it's like my personal like mission to make sure that no one is surprised by their tax liability at the end of the year. And I've told this, this horror story before and I'll keep it short, but basically I onboarded a client and she was brand new. I wasn't doing her tax work. I was just kind of getting to know her situation. She had been using a CPA firm and it was days before the deadline to file her 2019 taxes, which was like at the end of 2020, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And she calls me or she sent me a text and it was kind of late in the evening. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to get back to her in the morning. And then she sent a follow-up text that said, Stevie, my CPA is telling me that I owe $40,000 in taxes. And like my, my jaw hit the ground and I I immediately called her. I'm like, okay, are you okay? Like, let's talk about this What's going on. Um, and to make matters so much worse, Oh God, this breaks my heart to make matters so much worse at that point that was related to 2019. We were Mm. now in Q3 of 2020 and she hadn't made any estimated tax payments for 2020 either. So really we're talking about, she owed more like 80,000 in taxes. And this can happen to you so easily, so easily, because there's just this gap of information in between when you start a business and when you go to file your tax return. And so what I would say is as a rule of thumb, if you are operating as a sole proprietor, it is so crucial to reserve for taxes as you go. The best way to do that is consult your CPA and they'll tell you almost to the penny how much you should reserve if you don't have a CPA and you just want a general rule of thumb on a monthly or at a very minimum, a quarterly basis, look at your net income of your, or your net profit is what I should really say. Your net profit, they're the same thing. Net profit of your business and set aside 20% of that. Don't touch it. Just leave it there for taxes because I do not want any of you to be surprised with this huge tax liability at the end of the year. Yeah. And let me tell y'all, when you set it aside and then if you oversaved, it's the best little present to you. You're just like, oh, we got an extra couple thousand. Look at me. Let's do something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. So this question actually just popped in my head because I don't even fully know the answer. I'll be honest with you, Stevie. Um, in regards to, I get the CPA. I think most of us understand, you know, tax season, we're business owners, you need a CPA at some point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's talk about what differentiates like pure CPAs from CFOs and yeah. how entrepreneurs, small business owners know when it's time to actually bring on CFO level support. Cause I don't think people talk about that enough. They don't. And virtual CFO is something that I think is so needed. It's so needed. And so I'm so glad you're giving me the space to talk about it. So a CPA or a tax expert is really what I like to call it, Mm -hmm. is someone that prepares your tax return at the end of the year. They should prompt you with questions to say, hey, by the way, Tiana, are you using your cell phone for business at all? Are you driving your car for business? Are you working from your home office? They should prompt you. Hey, are you paying? Are you using, you know, you're using Wi-Fi, right? Well, we can Mm -hmm. deduct a portion of that for business. They should be prompting you with all these questions. Unfortunately, that doesn't always happen. Um, When I worked in the in the world of um, tax accounting, it was very unfortunate that some of these smaller clients just were put towards the bottom of the priority list and maybe weren't always serviced very well. Yeah. And 
in addition to, so I will say, so let me finish my thought there. That's what your tax experts should do is they should stay informed throughout the year of how your business is performing. Anytime something different or big happens in your business, just tell your tax expert, just let them know, keep them informed. Um, if you're experiencing a lot of growth all of a sudden in your business, tell your tax expert because they'll help, they can help you with some tax planning as well. But they do the tax planning and they do the actual preparation of your tax return. What they don't do is they don't tell you, oh, hey, you started a business. Okay, you need a business license. You need to form an LLC. You need a business bank account. And by the way, you probably also need a business savings account and maybe another operating business bank account. Mm -hmm. um, you're selling products. Sometimes this is digital products, by the way. Oh, you're going to have to pay sales tax on that. So let's make sure we've got you a sales tax license. They also do not cover the one thing that most that calls most businesses to fail, and that's cash flow management. So, so many entrepreneurs and business owners base their decisions, base their business decisions on how much money they have in the bank at a specific point in time. And that is very dangerous. And that can drive a business into the ground. You need to know, you need to have a plan and you need to know how much you're on the hook for paying on a monthly basis, even if you have zero income coming in. So if you're renting a store, if you have insurance, if you have payroll, things like that, you have to consider those as cost of doing business and just know that, yeah, you may have a really high month and you may have just launched something or you may just sold a ton of products. But the next month may be lower, the next month may be lower, then you may have a high one again. And so it's all about managing that cash in a way that you can reserve for taxes and you can reserve for about three months worth of those operating expenses as you go so that you can afford to pay your employees, you can afford to pay yourself, you can afford to pay um, the rent and the insurance and all of the subscriptions, even if you have a low month. And so that's where a virtual C CFO really comes into play. We touch everything financial within your business. And so that can be bookkeeping, getting you up on a system or, you know, optimizing the system you have, making sure your payroll is running correctly, getting you set up there, um, making sure you have all the necessary business licenses, making sure that you as the business owner know what's going on from a financial perspective in your business. So I'm going to challenge you listeners, anyone out there who's a business owner, how often are you looking at your P&L? How often are you looking at your profit and loss statement? Are you looking at it monthly? Because you should be. And so <laughs> a virtual CFO will put that in front of you and they will say, hey, let's go over your financials on a monthly basis. And I'm going to give you a little synopsis of what's going on from a financial perspective. And so it mm -hmm. just, to me, provides so much value. Um, and... I'm still trying to work through, I mean, I know all of you out there are probably thinking, yeah, that sounds wonderful, but I don't think I can afford a virtual CFO. I mean, I think you right. guys are expensive and we are because it is a very valuable service, but that's why I'm creating a membership, which is something that, you know, I'll likely talk about more, but it's essentially giving you access to a virtual CFO and all of those tools and resources, but at a super discounted price, because I just really wanted to find a way to get these virtual CFO services to more people without having to charge $1,000 per month, which is my one-on-one -on -one service fee. That is amazing. And <laughs> my y'all, y'all, you know, because once you start shopping around for CFOs, you will see what Stevie's talking about. It is quite an investment. And depending on the level in your business, 
Like she said, I wholeheartedly agree. Even in my personal life, we just got like financial planning services and I'm, I'm, I have a meeting tonight actually, and I'm lit about it. I'm like, yes, let's get this five-year plan going y'all. But anyways, it is one of those things that is well worth the investment. So the fact that you're looking for a way to make it more accessible to the business owners that are kind of in that messier middle, right? Where it's like, "Mm, thousand a month. I don't know if I can really commit to that. And I want to be able to pay you. So that's amazing that you're making that accessible. I know that the people listening are now just as obsessed with you as I am. So they're going to want to know where to connect with you, Stevie, so that they can get the scoop on these things as they arise. So please give us the details. Where do we find you? Yes, absolutely. So you can always find me on Instagram at balanced by Stevie. I also have a podcast. It's called The Balancing Act. Yeah, I'm excited. And I hope that Tiana, you will be a guest on there. Uh, (laughs) and then also I have a website it's called it's a balancedbycv.com and uh, you can always email me too at stevie at balancedbystevie so we'll put all this in the podcast notes but I would love so much to connect with all of you on Instagram that's kind of my preferred platform and so yeah I love seeing all of your businesses and all of you know your stuff that you're doing Oh, yes. And let me say, I'm going to challenge everybody listening because I know the first thing you're going to do is run to that free resource. When you use it and it blows your mind, post it on IG and tag us. Like, don't don't post your financials. That's not what I'm saying. But post about the fact that it just blew your mind and tag us so that we can cheer you on because I think this thing is going to change the world. It's just so good. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was an absolute pleasure. Oh, it was honestly, the pleasure's all mine.